Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. And I'm Brian Hefty. Thanks for joining us. Today on the show, we're going to talk about some newer crop protection products. If you've got any questions about that or anything going on agronomically in your operation, just give us a call here, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. You can also send us an email, radio at agphd.com, or find us on Twitter, agphdmedia, Darren Hefty or Brian Hefty. All right, we're going to get to the Ag PhD mailbag in just a minute here. Before we do, I, I just want to say this. There are very few brand new modes of action that are coming in the pipeline. So if we don't figure out a way to use the current crop protection products we've got, or at least the current active ingredients, or, or definitely the current modes of action, uh, we're in big trouble. So that's why we talk so much about rotating chemistries, about using multiple chemistries, and about trying to make sure every single pest that you're after is dead, because a dead pest cannot become resistant. So resistance, whether it's to fungicides, insecticides, or herbicides, which gets talked about the most, um, it's a major concern as we move forward because we don't have new things or a lot of new things in the pipeline. So anyway, we're going to talk about some 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 newer products that are out there. But again, almost no new modes of action, almost new modes of action, no new modes of action coming. So we got to keep in mind uh, all, all these things as we move forward, use the right rates, use the right timings, rotate, rotate, rotate. And let's do everything we can to make sure that we get our pests under control and they don't become resistant. All right, let's hit the Ag PhD mailbag. Mailbag time. Questions. Answers. Brian. Darren. Mailbag time. Yeah. Mailbag. All right, Brian, a lot of, lot of soil testing questions, and this one uh, comes in from DL in Minnesota. Uh, just wondering... Can I get a Malik 3 test on your Ag PhD soils app? Do you plan on switching to those soon? And also, does everybody no, need a Malik yes. 3 or are the other tests good to run? Uh, as the well? other tests are, are pretty good. The, the only two reasons why we're doing so much Malik 3 stuff anymore number one is manganese. We can't ever correlate DTPA tests to Malik 3 tests because DTPA tests for manganese only correlate to soil pH. And we don't think that's right. So we really we want to see what's actually there in the soil, not just see flat out a lower reading if our soil pH is high. Uh, so anyway, that's why we like the Malik 3 for manganese. Otherwise, it's just cost, and the Malik 3 is cheaper. So those are the two big reasons why we like the Malik 3. So you don't have to run that. And we look at tests all the time. Every day we look at tests that are not run with Malik 3. I don't care. You just have to understand that the Malik 3 results are going to be a little bit different. And they certainly are going to be different with manganese. Okay, a couple of follow-ups on questions from yesterday. And and uh, these come from RKB over in Minnesota. Uh, two comments from yesterday, or from Friday's show. Sorry, from Friday's show. Uh, first of all, uh, Mark had a question, and he was talking about manure. You guys had suggested he consider instinct for manure for a nitrogen stabilizer. Unfortunately for us in Minnesota, that is a restricted-use product now, 
and my custom pumper told me to get someone other than him to do it because he didn't want to go through the red tape to use a restricted-use product with a manure application. thought that's kind of interesting. Also, he said uh, uh, about Catherine's question about potassium, uh, high potassium feed to lactating dairy cows is not harmful. She had asked about it causing uh, milk fever. said where it becomes a problem is in the dry cows, uh, those on a... Uh, those that are prior to lactating. So feeding a hay forage to dry cows that have even seen fertilizer spreader uh, could be harmful. If you feed a forage that has a little bit more than what they require, that could be harmful too. So the addition of ionic salts to bring the ions back in balance may be required. High amounts of calcium uh, is high amounts of calcium are needed the second the calf drops and too much potassium can mess with that. So anyway, appreciate the, the comments there. Uh, RKB, who's uh, also got dairy, so had some insight on manure and on uh, the milk fever question. All right, uh, get this in from Josh along with some pictures and tests. And Josh says, guys, uh, last several years, I noticed some intervenal chlorosis starting in my corn plants around V4. By looking at the tissue tests I've attached below, what would you suspect that it's coming from? I know a sulfur deficiency can show up looking like this, but judging off the tissue tests, it looks like my sulfur is sufficient. I'm also under the understanding that a manganese deficiency can appear to look like this, and that looks more like the problem to me. Do you think that's what it is? Are you comfortable with the sufficiency ratings that the lab has, or do you look at the actual numbers instead? Yeah, it could be manganese, could be zinc. And no, we're never comfortable with the sufficiency ratings. A lot of times we will look at the numbers, but the sufficiency at least gives us a, a decent general idea. But yeah, I, I mean, almost every time when we've had farmers in the past that think it's something else, it usually shows up as zinc. That's been in our region of the country the, the, the biggest problem. So but, you know, when I look at your tests, yes, it does appear manganese is low, but it also appears that in some cases zinc is low too. So it's most likely one of those two things. Now, I will say when it's striping at the on the upper leaves, that's telling us it's either sulfur or one of the micros. It's not NP or K. So I guess that's the good news. The three major nutrients, we're not seeing visual symptoms. But as I say that, and I look at your tissue tests, the phosphorus does look a little bit on the low side. Potassium, you got one that's a little on the low side and things like that. So I'm just trying to say, just because you don't see leaf striping, leaf coloration, whatever, some where it looks like it's a deficiency, you could still be having deficiency problems there as well. So if you balance all the nutrients in your soil and have ample for everything, including NP and K, then sometimes uh, your plant is just more efficient at using all its nutrients. But yeah, it looks to me like it's either manganese or I still am under the belief that it's probably zinc, but most likely one of those two. Stay tuned. We'll get to the phone lines right after this. When we told growers that New Bear Premium Trivolt Herbicide for corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at TrivoltInAction.com. 
Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. This season, get medieval on Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia fungicide from Valent USA. Here to shield your sugar beets from the treachery of Rhizoctonia, Excalia delivers excellent staying power, keeping your sugar beets from being conquered. Stay one step ahead of Rhizoctonia with the powerful protection of Excalia. Ask your retailer or visit valent.com slash Excalia to learn more. Always read and follow legal instructions. How can you make the most profit ever on your soybean crop? I'm Darren Hefty. We'll give you the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. It's Wednesday, January 25th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising soybeans more lucrative and more fun, you won't want to miss this free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. Your crop deserves the best, not just a contender. Choose a Champ brand fungicide from New Farm for proven performance in the formula you prefer. Champ Formula 2 Flowable offers exceptional mixing and stability in a liquid copper. Champ Ion comes supercharged for superior coverage in a dry formulation. Any way you turn, New Farm has the copper solution you can win with. Put a Champ in your corner at newfarm.com slash uscrop. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about newer crop protection products. So there'll be some brand new things, there'll be some new combinations, there'll be some that maybe were on just a smaller amount of acres last year, but are going to be on a big launch this year. There's just quite a few things out there to, to keep track of. And we always tell you, or we always advise that you go into each season with a, with a blank slate. Start over. You know what worked last year. Maybe you know some challenges, but prices change, programs change, uh, and and some new things come out all the time that you, know, you might not have had a chance to use last year. So make sure you're talking with your agronomist about all the different options that are out there for you for this year. All right, let's start off with Tom Wood from Belsham. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing very well. How are you today? I'm doing well too. We uh, we got some sunshine out there, and and we're talking about this upcoming crop season, and that always gets me happy. Oh, we're looking forward to another good season. So, what's happening with Belsham? Tell us a little bit about it. I know you know when you you mention uh, ag chem manufacturers, uh, people people might list uh, one of the top two or three largest in the world, but but they don't have every product out there, and there are a lot of other good companies too. What's Belsham working on? Well, you know, we already launched our product, Tough, which is based on our uh, proprietary active ingredient, Pyridate. But we're getting ready to um, to launch our product, Tougher, which will build on that brand and our um, Pyridate franchise. So Tougher is a, a post-M application and a, a unique innovation that combines Pyridate with HPPD mesotrione. So this one brings the strength of the contact herbicide with the residual um, that people have been using in the field. And I, I think we're we're still growing on acres every year, and this will be our third year with Tough. Um, 
but it brings tougher will bring the the same synergistic effects that you see with tough with HPPD chemistries uh, all in one all in one jug. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know for uh, for growers that I talk to all the time, it, it's getting a little bit complicated with a lot of tank mixes and those types of things. So having pre-mixes ahead of time can be a pretty nice tool. Uh, one, we had a lot of questions about tough, Tom, and, and as we talk about weed control, it's not just corn and soybeans. And I know growers in some other crops are, are looking for help. Where can you use tough? Because it's not just a corn product. No, we're registered in, uh, of course, corn. Uh, uh, seed corn is new for us, but uh, beyond the, all the corns and popcorn, by the way, but it's registered in lentils, chickpeas, and mint. We had good success in those crops last year. It was uh, registered late in lentils, but it still went out. And, of course, you know, in, in those minor crops like that, there's not a lot of um, – alternatives for growers to use and i think it's a a welcome addition to our label now i mentioned that tom because I, I had a mint grower and he said man one of the best things that's happened for me is tough got a label and that's been a nice tool yeah. trying to kill some of these various weeds that we've got and i think about tough as mainly uh pigweed water hemp those types of species which honestly are, are the worst weed on a lot of acres especially up here in the corn belt uh but but there are other weeds on the label too and the other thing that i like too is you don't have to worry about rotational restrictions that's been really nice having a product that you can spray and not worry that man that's going to hurt my future crop yeah you can spray it and almost forget about it if you're concerned about adding more residual to the to the fields that you don't need to have if you are happy with your residual control um tough won't impact any of your rotational concerns so that is a nice feature of tough you bet uh, we're talking with tom wood here with belsham about tough and the soon to be launched tougher adding some meso to that pure date that that's been working so well tom thank you so much really appreciate you joining us all right thanks for having me today you bet We've got Eric Garcia right now with us with Valent. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Talking about new products, and we got talking about corn. That gets me thinking about your new product, Maverick, and maybe you got some more things to talk about, too. Tell us a little bit about Maverick. Absolutely. Uh, as you mentioned, we're excited to be launching Maverick here uh, during the 2023 youth season. Uh, Maverick is a three-way premix of three proven active ingredients each with a different mode of action. So growers can come to expect effective and dependable control of the toughest weeds out there. You know, you think about that, and I guess we were just talking with Tom Wood about this too, about grower demand for some of these premixes, because there it's very rare to find one chemistry that controls all the weeds. And so to avoid weed resistance and also manage a, a variety of species in the field, uh, th this makes sense. When are growers going to be using Maverick? What's the spray timing that you'd like to see? Absolutely. So with Maverick, think flexibility. So Maverick allows people to apply it either pre-plant incorporated, pre-emergence, post-emergence, or sequential split. You know, every field is different. So depending on what a grower is looking for or what, we'll, what weeds they're trying to combat, they can either expect pre-emergence res residual control from Maverick or some post-emergence flexibility 
Um, again, flexibility, whether it's compatible with glyphosate or atrazine, um, we have it all with Maverick. It's a low use rate, so anywhere from 14 to 32 fluid ounces. And it has an excellent formulation, as I mentioned before, in order for those growers looking to add a different mode of action, whether it's atrazine or Roundup. You know, when you think about Valent, there there are quite a few different products, and, and certainly a lot of attention has been placed on what's going on with your soybean herbicides over the years and, and fighting resistant pigweed and some of those things. Uh, but Valent's got a really diverse pipeline. What are some of the things that we should look for coming from Valent here, not only this year, but, but coming down the road soon? Yes. So as I mentioned before, Maverick is really our first true corn-focused herbicide. Um, so we're expanding, obviously, from soybeans, the Valor and Fierce brands that people have uh, come to know Valent by into this corn segment. Uh, we also have a wide variety of plant growth regulators. But with Maverick, we're really trying to establish ourselves in this uh, busy uh, market. And you know we're hoping that growers can come to expect the same residual and weed control that we've had in our fierce brands uh, with Maverick as we launched this year. There have been a lot of reasons to to choose a Valent product. I know you've got a competitive finance offer. You've always been tied in with a number of rebates. Uh, what's changing in some of the programs that you're doing this year, or, or are things staying the same? So it's a mixed bag. So some things are staying consistent, such as the JDF program, uh, financing other grower programs available out in the marketplace. Um, but as as you and, and all growers across the country are well aware, things are constantly changing. So we're always taking input from both our sales team as well as growers out in the field to figure out, hey, what's best? What's working for you right now? And if things are okay, great. But if certain things need to change, what needs to change? And how can we make sure we are providing the best service and agronomic support? Yeah, that's a good point. Even if things are going pretty good, it it always pays to look at some of those new options out there, like the new three-way or three-mode-of-action mix uh, called Maverick coming out for corn from Valent this year. Eric, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Thank you. Have a great day. You bet. You as well. Yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of new herbicides coming out, and you, you just really have to look at, at some of these new options for fighting uh, some of the toughest weeds that you've got out there. Maverick and corn is one of them. Uh, get this comment in from Phil, and he said, hey, guys, just wanted to drop you a quick hey, whoa, note. Whoa, whoa. Bef before oh, you go any further, when you start talking about Maverick and a lot of these what we call newer products out there, we want to look at, well, what's in it exactly? And with Maverick, you got three different components. So all three of those individual components have been in the market before. And uh, yeah, we love the new combination. And if the price is right, uh, we'll use it on our own farm. So I'm excited about that. But we got to make sure we know what's in there. Starting next week, we've got a series of crop-specific workshops coming up with Ag PhD. So we're doing a soybean workshop on Wednesday, a wheat workshop on Thursday, a couple weeks after that, we get a corn workshop where, and we'll run through, okay, what exactly is in all these different new products? And we'll talk a little more about that today as well. Stay tuned. Did you know soybean diseases like white mold and sudden death syndrome can survive in your soil even after rotating crops? Prevention of these diseases is a constant battle and yield loss from an infection can be devastating. The right management plan makes all the difference. Keep your beans safe with Heads Up Seed Treatment. 
Heads Up guards your seed from both white mold and SDS. Stay protected and profitable by asking your seed dealer for Heads Up. Learn more at HeadsUpST.com. Officer Jones calling for backup. 10-4. Location? Graber back 40. Looks like we've got Palmer Amaranth, Kosha, some common water hemp. Resistant weeds. Copy that. You'll need a good tank mix partner. I'm sending tough 5UC. Come out with your hands up! Guys, we're surrounded. Crack down on repeat offenders. Add Tough 5EC to your post-emergence tank mix. Learn more at toughonweeds.com. Always read and follow label directions. Tough is a registered trademark of Belgian Crop Protection. Win the war against weeds in your soybean fields with fierce herbicides from Valent USA. With three different formulations and multiple modes of action, you're sure to find the right fierce product to protect your operation from tough weeds like Palmer Amaranth and Waterhemp. Give your soybeans a strong, clean start with up to eight weeks of residual control with the powerful pre-emergence protection of Fierce Herbicide. Ask your local retailer or visit valent.com fierce to find the right fierce formulation for you. Always read and follow label instructions. You can count on AgroLiquid for precision crop nutrition. When you don't get all your potash down in the fall, when weather or market prices change your management strategy, or when you want to balance your fertilizer program with micronutrients. AgroLiquid is ready with the products and application flexibility you want for in-season crop nutrition and the research-proven results you need. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. What can you do to build a better wheat crop? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, January 26th, we're holding a free Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll be discussing how you can make your wheat crop more profitable by going in-depth on topics such as crop protection programs, seed treatment options, and the ways to make your crop more resistant to stress like drought and disease. We'll be covering all of this and much more, so don't miss the Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop. Sign up today at agphd.com. If you've ever wondered how the Farmall got its name, here's an abbreviated list of the jobs the Case IH Farmall can do. Baling, cutting hay, feeding, hauling, loading, pulling, raking, cleaning barn, mixing feed, fertilizing, mowing, chopping, seeding, clearing, irrigating, furrowing, cultivating, hitching, digging, emergency tow, harrowing, hoisting, leading parades, excavating, grading. <sighs> Let's make it simple. This tractor does it all. So no matter what you're doing, can do comes in red. Farmall. Learn more at caseih.com farmall. listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're broadcasting from the Morton Studio talking about newer crop protection products out on the market today. And and some of these you may have heard of before. Others, this might be the first time you're hearing about them. And jot a few notes down. Talk to your agronomist about these. And as you go into the season, start with a blank sheet of paper and work from the beginning. Hey, what are my options here? And what are some other things that I should be considering? Because there's some really good products out there. Uh, some nice premixes like we've just been talking about and uh, and even some new things that... that uh, could be brand new to the crop that you're growing. I've got Adam Byrne with us right now with FMC to talk a little bit about some of their products. How are you doing, Adam? Good. How are you? Well, pretty good, except I had one of your counterparts in visiting with me earlier today who was talking to me about uh, Zyway LFR and uh, some of the different fungicide products. I'm like, my goodness, FMC's got a ton of stuff coming. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are some of the most exciting products that, that you're talking about this spring? 
Yeah, it's an exciting time for us right now. And uh, for 2023, one of the excitements is uh, we're bringing a new uh, fungicide to the market, Adastrio, uh, for use in corn. Um, so, you know, Adastrio is a new three-mode-of-action product uh, that has a novel SDHI chemistry that we're bringing in, Fluindipir. Um, then it's combining that with uh, Flutriophol, which people are um, probably familiar with, with, with Zyway, and then also a, a Strobe. Um, and the excitement here is, you know, by mixing these three uh, chemical classes, we're looking at a pretty efficient broad spectrum disease control um, with some long lasting residual control. So you kind of get some curative and preventative um, activity. Uh, so it, it, it provides a really unique and uh, I think uh, an exciting tool to kind of disease uh, management in corn. Got a chance to talk about this just a little bit at one of our speaking tents at the Ag PhD Field Day this summer, and uh, that was pretty interesting to to throw something out there that growers weren't really expecting from FMC. You've really really gotten going on the fungicides. You know, you think about the Zyway that I mentioned earlier, uh, starting off right at planting time. How do you see Adastrio playing in? Do you see a, a Zyway application up front and then Adastrio coming in later to help with some of those late season foliar diseases? What what kind of a program do you think you'd put together? Yeah, I think I think it's going to obviously depend a little bit on each grower system. Right now, um, you know, we, we definitely uh, feel Zyway is a great way to start your disease control program. Um, and we're seeing a lot of uh, unique physiological benefits with Zyway just beyond the disease control aspect, which we, you know, we can talk about as well. But with Adastrio, um, yeah, if right now with the use rates, you'd have to scale back if you used uh, Zyway at planting. You'd have to scale back that Zyway use to use Adastrio because of the uh, shared compound food triathlon. Um, so I, th- I really think starting out up front with Zyway at a full rate is probably even the wiser approach right now because it gives you so many things in terms of disease control and uh, physiological benefits like larger root mass, um, the water. And some of the data we've been getting out of the universities this year in terms of efficiency of movement of fluids in the plant with Zyway is is really exciting because it's it's showing not only is it better water movement through the plant, but actually better nutrient uptake. So when you think of a year where inputs are expensive, uh, if you can maximize what you can get out of those inputs and have better nutrient uptake um, with plants that use Zyway, that's that's pretty exciting as well. Um, so, but if there are growers that aren't equipped to put down Zyway at planting, then Adastro becomes a really unique tool to come in for uh, foliar disease control, whether it's gray leaf spot and northern corn leaf blight, or you can come in a little bit later for some of those later things like southern rust or tar spot. Um, there's a lot of options here. Uh, yeah. So I think, you know, you know, every grower is going to have a unique situation, but I do think the two can fit together. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of year we get, but it's nice to have choices. Uh, hey, we get a heavy disease pressure year, and it's kind of shaping up that way. You can get out in front of it with with a, a treatment like Adastrio that we're talking about here. It's going to last a little bit longer and give you a broad range of diseases that, that you can be protected against. Uh, we're talking exactly. with Adam Byrne here with FMC, uh, and and who would have thought it? Just uh, maybe 10 years ago, you would have said, FMC, they're the insecticide guys. But uh, <laughs> now, now you got uh, multiple fungicides here for season-long protection. Hey, Adam, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on hey thank you very much good talk to you guys you bet got jeff moon with us right now with corteva how you doing jeff i'm doing really well today uh darren how are you 
Doing well, doing well. And, you know, we were talking about fungicides there. Certainly Corteva's uh, heavy in the fungicide industry. But uh, what other new products you want to talk about today? I guess we're wide open, Jeff. What What are the ones you're most excited about? <laughs> well, I think first and foremost, we've got a, a corn product this year called Resicor XL. Many of your uh, growers are probably familiar with Resicor and have used that over the years. But this is a new formulation for us with Resicor XL. And probably the biggest difference with this one is we get to stretch out that application window uh, all the way from 11 inches up to 24 inches. And so that can be a big deal uh, if we run into some weather delays or something like that as far as getting the herbicide out. So that's probably first and foremost on my list. Sure. Well, not if we get weather delays. We know we know somebody's going to have it. It, it happens every Someone's year that yep. we, we get these questions all the time. Hey, how how firm is this 11-inch thing? Because uh, <laughs> it, it does make a difference, no doubt. And then, you know, from a handling standpoint, too, uh, just the early calls that I've heard from, from tech folks and people that have gotten a chance to touch this product said the handling characteristics have been really good as well. Yes, we've seen some improvements from our mixing and, and compatibility with other herbicides or with liquid fertilizer. You know, a lot of folks use uh, Resicor with some liquid nitrogen, and maybe they've got some ATS in the mix, and ATS can be a challenge for any herbicide to mix with. But we've seen some really good early results here with Resicor XL when it comes to mixing and handling. And so uh, we're, we're feeling really good about that. And then, you know, Darren, as, as well, we've got another herbicide uh, coming down the line for a year from now called Cairo. Uh, and that's another one that's going to allow us to go to that 24-inch tall corn. But what we've done there is we've got a, a little bit different mix in there with uh, topramazone instead of mesotrione. And so we're going to see uh, a little bit of grass, you know, picking up some grass control from a post-emergent standpoint. And so we've got a couple of new products here coming uh, over the next two years. Uh, so we're excited about that. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, there there are a lot of different mixes out there. And like you say, we're trying to meet some different needs here. And now we're going for a little more grass control with this one. We're going for a little taller corn than we could spray before. Uh, it, it's it's funny, you know, as much as you think, oh, no, this is simple. It's just pigweed and it's this situation. No, we got cover crops in the mix. We've got uh, double crop situations. we got lots of different things going on on the farm. So, yeah, looking for new options yep. is is always exciting. Yep, and you've got some people that are, you know, moving away maybe from some glyphosate corn and trying to do some things with, with more conventional corn. And so this gives them an option uh, that they didn't have available to them before. So you're right, there's all sorts of different ways to farm and all sorts of reasons that people choose the products they do. And it's nice to be able to have some new things to talk about. You know, one thing that was exciting, the, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, one thing that's been exciting too is just talking to, to some of your folks about what's coming out the next two to five years and there's a list of products there's just that you you just had a couple of things today to talk but man there's so many new things coming uh, that that's got to be fun too it is you know I, i've i've been in this industry for a long time and and to be able to have new products to talk about and a lot of them you think about what we've done just in the past few years but what's coming uh we're, we've got a new fungicide that's coming down the line we've got another soybean herbicide that's coming down the line uh, we've entered into this biological or naturals space, uh, which is bringing some some new products to the market. I guess that's what I was going to mention next was Utricia N. Some people have been exposed to that the last couple of years, uh, but Utricia N, particularly in soybeans, you know, we think about nitrogen and and adding supplemental corn to, or excuse me, supplemental nitrogen to corn, but really we're seeing some decent results in some high yield soybeans, which is uh, which is kind of exciting to play in as well. 
Yeah, I was going to add that too. As soon as you said nutrition, I was like, oh, I hope you mentioned soybeans because I know we did a lot of research <laughs> on that this summer too. And I think our best gains were in the soybeans. I mean, it works in corn too, but right. man, it's soybeans. Yep. That That's pretty exciting. So yeah, that's something I, I wouldn't say necessarily a new product. I, I hope most folks have heard about nutrition and, but, uh, but maybe right. a new use for a, a current product new out use. there. That's that's exciting as well. Hey, Jeff, uh, we could talk yep. all day. I know, you, like you say, you got a list of new things, but really appreciate you sharing a little about Resicor XL and about the up-and-coming Cairo that, that's not too far down the road. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Good luck this spring. You're welcome. Same to you guys. Thanks for having me on. Talking about newer crop protection products on today's show, but we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions at 844-44-AG-PHD, and we'll be right back. This whole midnight ride thing is getting really... But the HPPD-resistant weeds are coming. We've got Verdict Herbicide. Verdict Herbicide? Yeah, it's a non-HPPD corn pre-herbicide from BASF. Well, well then, get some sleep. Yeah, will do. The weeds are coming! Switch to Verdict Herbicide! Always read and follow label directions! How can you make the most profit ever on your soybean crop? I'm Darren Hefty give you the answer to that question at a free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. It's Wednesday, January 25th at the Morton Center near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll dive deep on topics such as pest control, resistance issues, herbicide traits, fertility, cleaning up white mold, and more. If you want to make raising soybeans more lucrative and more fun, you won't want to miss this free Ag PhD Soybean Agronomy Workshop. Learn more at agphd.com. Go long for season-long foliar disease protection that starts at plant. Only Zyway brand fungicides from FMC provide season-long foliar disease protection from the start. Active ingredient flutriafol moves through your corn plants as they grow for inside-out protection from roots to tassel. Growers and retailers are sharing their Zyway brand fungicide success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit MortonBuildings.com. Come to Commodity Classic. Commodity Classic. Commodity Classic. Come to Commodity Classic. Please join us in Orlando, Florida in 2023. Join us in Orlando for Commodity Classic. The best and most progressive farmers know Orlando is the place to be. March 9th through 11th, 2023. Discover more at commodityclassic.com. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. 
back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. Taking your calls and questions at 844-44-AG-PHD or by email radio at agphd.com. All right, Brian, new or newer crop protection products. Mentioned a few of them here, but this is one of the things I know we end up talking about at our winter workshops too. What new products are out there? What's what's happening in the market this year and beyond? And I, I would say this, coming into this season, there's a lot more talk about what's what's out there in the pipeline. And it isn't all just mixes of active ingredients that are already out there. There's actually some new chemistries that are coming in the next few years. So we're kind of excited about well, some of those things. We hope there are yeah, some new yeah, chemistries. Yeah, but that, but like I was saying earlier, it might be some new chemistries, but what do you see for brand new modes of action? I see none. None. Yeah. So it's the current modes of action. Now, granted, there are going to be some tweaks, just like how you can have two different things that have the same mode of action today. Well, even we were talking about Zyway or look at the same active ingredient, Top Guard. Would you rather have Top Guard or would you rather have Tilt? I mean, there's no comparison. So the Top Guard's way better, dramatically better. But yet they're the same mode of action. So I'm just saying we can get improvements within the same mode of action, and that's awesome. But I, I wish we were we had more or any new modes of action coming. So I I, I would say we I, again we just have to be careful with how we're using the things that we have right now. And like our dad always used to say, don't get chintzy on stuff when you got to kill the weeds, just go kill the weeds. Don't be trying to cut the rate or, you know, use an inferior product because it's cheaper or something else. Kill the weed or kill the bug, kill the disease. And then we don't have to worry about resistance at all. Okay. So a little bit earlier, I was talking about Maverick and I just wanted to give you this example. So the active ingredients from Zidua, that's a group 15, Stinger, that's a group four, that'd be in the same chemical family as, uh, as 2,4-D and dicamba, obviously a little different, um, but I'm sure you're familiar with Stinger. And then Callisto, which is an HPPD. So it's got the active ingredients from those three products. And I mean, it's it's very, very good. So it's going to compare very similarly to Resicor that has the same modes of action as what Maverick does. The only real difference is, yes, it's got the active ingredients from Stinger and Callisto, Resicor does, but it's got the active ingredient from Surpass instead of Zidua. So anyway, that, that's that's kind of where the difference is. And we do talk about some of these things at our crop-specific workshops we've got coming up. So if you want to learn, learn more about those workshops, just go to agphd.com. Oh, and by the way, if you come in person to the Morton Center, it's right at the site of the Ag PhD Field Day, all these workshops are free. So again, next week that's soybeans, and then the following day is wheat, and then a couple weeks after that we've got a corn workshop. We also have a tiling clinic the day before the corn workshop if you want to be here for two days in a row, coming up in about uh, three weeks from right now. All right, got a few questions here from Mark, who's trying to raise some grain sorghum down in southwest Kansas. Uh, Mark said, I'm noticing on my Malik 3 test, I've got some shortages of iron. And he said, I've been reading Neil Kinsey's material. He recommends having iron above 100 parts per million for grain sorghum and having iron be higher than the manganese. Well, my soils and areas have iron in the teens and much, and it's much lower than the manganese level. So questions are, 
what's the best way to address the iron issue? Should I apply something other than iron first? Should I dry spread iron sulfate and get started? We have access to a two by two on our planter. I could put some chelated iron in that way, or I could potentially foliar apply it as well. Then I'm just wondering about tie up issues. I've got really low phosphorus already. If I put iron sulfate on, could I tie up my phosphorus or will my high pH soils tie up the iron? <laughs> it's a lot of questions. Yeah, we got a, a few. We got a few there. things to work on. Well, first hey, of you, all, one of the pHs is wait, 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 seven point eight and wait, one wait, is six. On. Before that, first of all, we got two soil samples, Mark, and one says north and one says south. I don't know how big an area those represent, but these things might vary as you go through the field. I am positive they will vary. Yeah. So I, I I would suggest you before you make big changes that aren't just going to be, hey, what's crop removal this year and maybe a small build. Maybe you want to do some more soil testing and just see hey, if we broke it down into smaller grids or zones, would we see some variance in that? That, that might be something to look at. Ultimately, we don't care about what anybody has for an opinion or with their data or anything else as to whether or not it's worked. What we care about is on your farm, will we see result if we spend dollars on a particular nutrient? So how high is my confidence level that if you put a bunch of iron on, it's going to dramatically help your sorghum? Um, I'd say it's okay, but I wouldn't say it's off the charts. Oh, I absolutely have to do a crazy amount of iron because my parts per million right now is 19 in this one sample and I got to get it up to 100. I mean, I'm willing to spend a little bit of money, but if I'm going to spend my whole fertilizer budget on iron, no thank you. Anyway, the other thing I would say is this iron manganese deal, that's with Neil's tests. Neil's tests are going to be a little bit different than the Malik 3 test. So on our farm, for example, with a Malik 3 test, we have not found that having iron ahead of manganese or iron being greater at a greater level than manganese, equal to or greater than manganese, has helped us. So I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just simply saying we got to make sure we prove it out and that it actually pays. But we also haven't done that on sorghum. We've, we've tested that on corn and soybeans. So I can't tell you for sure if in a Malik 3 test, you got to have your iron higher. So what this is all leading to is with this whole iron thing, I'd try a few things. I'm not super excited about the foliar iron deal, though, because with the iron, you got to get that crop off to a great start. So I don't think you're going to see a lot of result. You might green the plant up, but I don't know if you're going to get your yield gain you're after with foliar iron. So if it's me, I'm going to try some iron sulfate. I might try some iron chelate and do things like that. Um, what else do you have for questions, Darren? Oh, tie up with high pH. High pH. Okay, or, so or would any of that tie up the phosphorus because he doesn't have very much of that? Yeah. So here, let me throw out one other thing with this. When we have low pH, so you only have one that's a six pH, but let's just say you had some that was a little lower. Well, I'll put it this way: I don't know how big your south field is, but when you say six pH. I'll almost guarantee you in that field you've got some spots that are going to need lime because they're going to be below 6 pH. If you did, say, one-acre grids, you'd really find out. But anyway, like the water treatment lime that we get, for example, it's got a lot of iron in it. So if you had a lime source that had iron, that's a way cheaper way to put iron out in your field, and that's going to most likely solve any iron potential question that you had. So I would absolutely look at alternative sources of iron and try some of those out because like in our case um, I like free better than paying for it 
All right, and then finally, in terms of this high pH, you got one sample here. It says 7.8 pH. Yeah, am I worried about a little bit of phosphorus tie-up and, and a little bit of iron tie-up? Sure I am, but I'm not that worried about it. What I'm more concerned about is you got a malic 3 phosphorus level of 12 parts per million in that spot. Now, I mean, granted, we're talking sorghum, and it looks like your yield goal here is 100, 125 bushels. Um, I mean, personally, I'd want to see that at least 50 and preferably 70, 80, close to, closer to 100. So I'm much more concerned about, we get we just flat out got to get our phosphorus level up. So if you want to band it, that's great. And you'll get faster and more efficient uptake. But if you want to broadcast it, that's certainly fine too. But all I know is you got to, I'm way more worried about phosphorus hurting your yield than I am iron at the moment. Um, I was just looking to see here with like even potassium. I don't, I don't even see. Oh yeah, there it is. It's just in parts per million. I don't see. Oh yeah, there's base saturation potassium. We're at four to six percent potassium. So I mean, your potassium level is actually pretty decent. And I mean, you've got some things going on that are that are good here. But I, I mean, to me, phosphorus is your number one yield limiting factor, and I don't think it's even close to anything else. Yeah, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that, and, and good luck on the grain sorghum production. It's always fun looking through soil tests, kind of comparing things and seeing, okay, what would you change in this soil versus that? Because there's there's a lot of variants out there, and you're going to need some different things. In different hey, one fields. last thing. He, had, he did have low zinc, and when he raises his phosphorus, you need to make sure you raise your zinc as well. Keep them in ratio. All right, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Think ahead to planting. Schedule your planter inspection with the experts at CNB. Make sure your equipment is in top shape and ready for the field this spring. CNB is your local John Deere dealer offering expert service and customer commitment. Learn more or schedule your appointment online today at DeerEquipment.com. Get your planter ready for spring with Germinator Closing Wheels from Farm Shop MFG. And now when you buy 12 rows or more, get free shipping or 20% off an end zone bin system. Offer good while supplies last. So order yours today at FarmShopMFG.com. It changes everything. So says Indiana corn grower Nathan Davis about innovative Zyway LFR fungicide from FMC. Zyway brand fungicides are the first and only at-plant corn fungicides to provide unprecedented, season-long, inside-out foliar disease protection. Discover more grower and retailer success stories at zyway.ag.fmc.com. Always read and follow all label directions. What can you do to build a better wheat crop? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. Thursday, January 26th, we're holding a free Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop at the Morton Center on our farm near Baltic, South Dakota. We'll be discussing how you can make your wheat crop more profitable by going in depth on topics such as crop protection programs, seed treatment options, and the ways to make your crop more resistant to stress like drought and disease. We'll be covering all of this and much more, so don't miss the Ag PhD Wheat Agronomy Workshop. Sign up today at agphd.com. The value of your farm building is in its ability to protect what's stored inside. That's why Morton Buildings ensures that every machine storage and insulated workshop we build will provide superior strength and durability. As a 100% employee-owned company, we're all committed to being the industry leader with a focus on innovation, service, quality, and most importantly, customer satisfaction. To get started on your next project, please visit mortonbuildings.com. It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it 
depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting corteva.us. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. Putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster. That makes your spacing and depth more accurate. And that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. Thanks for listening to Ag PhD Radio today. We're having a fun show here. We've been talking about new crop protection products and also answering your questions in the Ag PhD mailbag. Get back to those questions in a second. But if you have an agronomic question, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us radio at agphd.com. Got some soil samples here. This came in from Kurt. He's up in British Columbia. So guys, uh, enjoyed your soils clinic. I've been uh, been checking that out, and I got some soil samples for you. I've got some fields that are irrigated in the summer month, but they still begin to crack, like massive cracks in the ground, even though they're irrigated fields. That would be especially numbers 108, 111, and 112, if you get any ideas there. Also, I'm growing alfalfa. And silage corn, and uh, since you guys are going for forage now, just kind of curious what advice and what recommendations you may have on these fields. Thanks, Kurt. Okay, first of all, cracks in the soil, a lot of times that means high magnesium. Sure enough, like on his field 108 here, it's 27% magnesium. So that's that's the m- most likely the reason why you're seeing cracks out there. So if it's me, I'm going to get more calcium out in that field and or do what I can to drive some of the magnesium out. If you want to drive magnesium out, you got to get a whole bunch of sulfur out there. And right now you've got a grand total of 31 pounds. Well, that's not nearly, nearly, nearly enough to drive the magnesium out. So anyway, that's the thing on the cracks. What what else? What else do you have for questions? Uh, just what else we would do to improve silage, corn yield, or tonnage, and also alfalfa. Okay, with tonnage, you got to make sure that we're probably way ahead of the game on nitrogen, more so than than in grain corn. So we're going to push more of our nitrogen earlier in the season. Beyond that, I mean, there's just there's a lot of variability in the soil tests, and I mean, it's a word that we use all the time when we get these soil tests in and we see multiple fields. We say, hey, you got variability. So when you ask, well, what should I do? It's like, okay. In each field, you're going to need to do something a little bit different. Just as a couple examples, you've got um, cation exchange capacity as low as 11 and as high as, looks like, 37. So in other words, you got relatively light soil to very heavy soil. So it's going to require just a little bit different management. You also have... And and this is one of the things we almost never talk about on the show. But there's a fair amount of aluminum out there for whatever reason. 
aluminum is not most likely going to hurt you unless your pH gets real low. A lot of times it's got to get clear down into the fours before we see a lot of toxicity issues. But I would just say this, you've got some pHs that are in the fives and that concerns me because I don't know how how many samples per field you're pulling or any of that kind of stuff. So like for us, we're doing one acre soil test grids because in a field that you, if let's say this was a composite test and you tell me, hey, the field average is 5.5. I'm going to say, you know what, um, I'll bet you that I got some fours out there. I probably also have some sixes. So we got to be careful about that. If we have anything that's getting down into the fours and even the low fives, I'm worried because your aluminum is really high. So again, I know we almost never talk about it on the show, but you fix the pH, get the pH up into the sixes, low sixes at least, and then your aluminum issue is usually non-existent. Okay, one other thing that we rarely talk about here is the magnesium to potassium ratio. Now, on your soil test, it says potassium to magnesium ratio. We always flip it around. And so magnesium to potassium, what we have found on our farm for silage corn, if we're in the one-to-one to two-to-one range, it's usually best. Now, you could you be three to one? Yes, but yeah, I mean, that that at least in our results is pushing it. The reason why I'm bringing this up is you've got, I'm looking at one field here where it's 283 parts per million of magnesium to 69 parts per million of potassium. That's not a good ratio. But then by the same token, you got another field here where you're 533 in magnesium and 568 parts per million on potassium. And that potassium base saturation percentage, by the way, is all the way up to 7%. So it's really high. So I'm just trying to say, like, in a field like that, I wouldn't be putting any more potassium out. And that's really what we're trying to determine all the time. And the reason why we talk soils so often and go through a whole soils clinic and talk about how to read a soil test and all that kind of thing, because we want to figure out where do we best invest our fertilizer dollars. So on a field like that, we're at 7% K. Don't spend another dollar on K. You put more K out there, and it might do you more harm than good. So... I, I would say too, in a lot of the fields, what I'm what I'm seeing is phosphorus is really, really low. I'm looking at 10, 20, 30 parts per million of phosphorus in some. Um, that's that's not real great. Now, certainly there are some where it's high. It's well over 100 parts per million, 150 parts per million. So you see where I'm going with this. On some fields, you got to save the money, and also it'll probably make things better. If you don't put any more of that stuff out, and then also you want to start looking at some of your ratios with micronutrients. So just as an example, I got P1 phosphorus here in one test of 158, 158 parts per million, but I have zinc only at 6.6. So that's not a real great ratio. That's almost a 30 to 1 ratio of phosphorus to zinc. In our testing, we've really found that's hurt yield, especially in silage corn. Now, if you look at your phosphorus to copper ratio, um, your copper level is only 1.5 parts per million, same field, or at least same test. So when I look at that, I go, oh, um, I'm I'm like uh, 100 to 1 phosphorus to copper. We found that's hurt yield as well. So I'm just trying to say you got some fields where your phosphorus and potassium, quit spending money on them. Spend your money on the zinc, the copper, the boron, and things like that, sulfur. And you're going to come out money ahead. So anyway, yeah, lots of variants, many good things that I see, but every field or every test you're giving me is just a little bit different. 
Hey, get this one in from Joe. He's down in North Texas farming with his grandpa, and he said, uh, we had some decent yields this year, even though it was very hot and very dry. Uh, I've listened to a lot of your talks on soils and nutrients. Uh, my soil samples, their recommendations aren't calling for many pounds of things, uh, but I see that I'm short in some things. I want to continue to grow the soil. Just curious what you think. So just looking real quick, Brian, there's several fields represented here. It looks like one sample per field. Uh, there's a DTPA extraction for the micros, and really all the micros are really low and we're low in sulfur. Uh, potassium base saturation ranges 5 to 8%. Uh, Malik 3 phosphorus test ranges from 21 to 108. The pH from 5.2 to 7.9, and the CEC from 7 to 26. So it looks to me, uh, John, like you got some pretty variable soils out there. I'm kind of surprised, like I think you might be too, that they aren't recommending you do more for fertility work for a 50 bushel wheat goal. And 750-pound cotton goal. Yeah, but 50-bushel wheat, it does not require a lot of fertility. Now, granted, I mean, where you're down to whatever you said, 20, 21 on phosphorus, Malik 3 phosphorus, you have to put phosphorus out there for your wheat or you're going to have, I mean, it's just, it's not going to turn out good. But, I mean, like on almost all the K, the, the K levels do look good. So this kind of goes back to the last question we were talking about. If you've already got good K and you don't have to spend money there, you got more dollars available to fix some of these micronutrient issues. Zinc, copper, boron, and then, well, we don't even have a boron test on here. So, oh yeah, there it is. I, I see. It, it's, it's hard for me sometimes when some of these tests are a little different than what I'm used to looking at. But, oh yeah, wow. The, bo the boron is, I mean, you're as low as 0.2 parts per million. That's not going to cut it. Copper's as low as 0.68 parts per million. 0.61 parts per million. Not good. Zinc, less than a part per million. So, yeah, I'm addressing zinc. I'm addressing copper. I'm addressing boron maybe a little bit on the manganese as well maybe and uh, certainly we want to take care of any of those really low phs so if it's already in the sixes you don't have to do anything but a 5-2 ph there's one that you got here you got to get some lime out there and hopefully that will will help you so anyway yeah i i mean I, I'm i'm definitely addressing the phosphorus if i'm less than 50 parts per million on a malic test but um, it looks like your potassium is pretty good pretty much everywhere. All right, thanks for the questions. We appreciate that. Uh, got this comment that came in from Phil. He said, guys, I want to drop you a quick note to let you know I'm really enjoying your show. I was a horticulture foreperson with the city of Toronto and a horticulture supervisor with the Toronto Zoo. And this path continued my family legacy in agriculture and farming. Uh, started listening to your show and uh, have really enjoyed it just in awe of the amount of science in farming right now. Uh, hey, thanks, Phil. I uh, really appreciate that uh, comment. Thanks for sending the email. We, we like that. And, and also thanks for watching the show. Well, thank you for listening to today's program. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.